The Fields Auto Group proudly presents Huddle Up, Huddle Up. with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shatter, John Osher, and NFL Network analyst and former Jaguar Bucky Brooks bring you the latest on your Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome to the new era. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks starts right now. Welcome in. It's Wednesday afternoon. It's 4.30. It's time for Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. J.P. Shadrick, John Ozier along as well. Let's get to what's coming up on the show today. It's a busy one. It's NFL Week 1. We'll preview Sunday's game in Houston between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Houston Texans. A 1 o'clock kickoff time from NRG Stadium. Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence and a few others making their NFL debuts this Sunday for the Jags. What to expect from this Jaguars revamped defense. We'll look at the Houston Texans. And we'll take a couple social media questions as always. We start off by saying good afternoon to Bucky Brooks joining us from Los Angeles, California. It's your show, Bucky. What's happening? Hey, man, things are good. Things are good out on the West Coast. It's the first week of the NFL regular season. I'm ready to uh, talk about it. All of it. Yeah, uh, John apparently uh-huh. is too. Uh, uh-huh. you're, you're fired up to talk about ready. all this. I, right? I am ready for this show. <laughs> right. I will be on this show, J.P. <laughs> you're, you're here. Uh, that's a good thing. Uh, the, it is Texans week, of course. The Jaguars have not fared well, obviously, in the in the fair, uh, fairly recent history between these two organizations. I'm trying to turn that around, of course. It is the debut for Urban Meyer as an NFL head coach in the regular season. And the kickoff weekend game, he said today, is a tone setter for the season. Certainly in college, it's a, you know, it's, it's a March Madness. You're a, you know, um, it's just a little different that, you, you know, you can't lose a game in college. And professional football reality is reality. But, yeah, heck, yeah, this is a tone setter. This is a setter for everything. But it's also the first game. So a little bit of both there, guys. Starting uh, Bucky, you know, it is a tone setter, but it is one of seventeen games, and you know, in college, a loss on opening week, you can pretty much kiss your playoff chances goodbye in the college football playoff, for the most part. In the NFL, there's sixteen more games after this week, but you still want to get it going the right way. Yeah, you certainly want to get it going. It's a new era. Urban Meyer takes over with Trevor Lawrence, so. You want to see good things come from. Nope, we lost Bucky there. You know, you want to get it started the right way, John. Well, yes, you do. And it's been interesting to listen to Urban. Whenever he's asked about college football opener, it's always sort of funny because he always stops short of saying, well, we never really played anybody in the opener. So (laughs) it was always kind of easy. I mean, I'm exaggerating, but that's the difference. You don't get a warm-up game or what should for Ohio State or Florida be a southeast Louisiana type game um so that is different all of a sudden you know he made the comment on Monday about playing a team of equal you know sort of firepower uh as far as must win I I always laugh when people call week one a must win uh first of all I remember last year the Colts lost to the Jags the lowly Jags went to the playoffs so there's right. there's no must win the NFL and must win or what? I mean, you get beaten around the face and neck with a baseball bat if you don't. I mean, and if you lose this, then next week's a must win, and then week three's a must win. So it's not must win. That said, for this team right now, considering how difficult the schedule gets in October, these first four are must start well because if, if 
if you don't start well in those first four, then maybe you do get beaten around the face. I was going to say, there maybe are, that is the ramification. There are consequences, so, Bucky. It there's no must like. win. <laughs> yeah, there certainly are consequences. Uh, I think what's funny about it, uh, Urban is talking. He'll realize quickly that the NFL is a marathon, not a sprint. And most good teams only focus on going three and one each quarter because that'll put you at 12 and four. Normally, that puts you in the conversation for home field in the playoffs and those things. I don't know how he will break it out, the formula that he'll present to the team. But it's one of those things that you want to be just in the race at the halfway point, and then you want to get hot down the stretch run. So we'll see how he approaches it. But I do understand his desire to get off to a good start because it will set the tone for the rest of the season for his team and for how others view this team on the outside. Let's hear from Trevor Lawrence today. Jaguars quarterback met the media going into his first regular season NFL game, ready for that debut and ready to face the Houston Texans defense. This, this won't change every week, but just, um, just do what I do. Don't try to do too much. That's the thing. I got great players around me, just trusting those guys, trusting uh, Coach Bev, Coach Shoddy, everybody put me in a good position, which they have, um, and just, just go and play. But as far as defensively, um, just a really sound defense. They don't try to necessarily trick you. They don't have a bunch of crazy looks and you know all these different coverages. They keep it pretty simple. But the tough thing about that is when you keep something simple, they everyone's exactly where they're supposed to be. So it makes those windows tighter. Um, they do a really good job when they play man coverage of not giving up big plays. So that'll be a challenge. Um, but definitely, definitely like definitely like what we've seen from our group. But um, yeah, they do a good job zone eyes, really good job reading the quarterback. Like they've, they've forced 10 turnovers this preseason, which is you know three games, that's a lot of turnovers. So that's one thing that jumps out off the page when you're looking at just their stats. Um, but just the way they fly around has been, has been impressive to watch. Bucky, or, or John, is that pretty accurate? Rush four, drop seven, watch the quarterback, and when the quarterback makes a mistake, catch the ball. It's, it's uh, Tampa 2-based. It's what they want to do. It is, it is not what the Jaguars want to do. It's not going to be exotic. Uh, but it, it, is, it, it is a smart thing to play against a rookie quarterback. It, it's what they play anyway, but it's a smart thing to play against a rookie quarterback because you figure at some point the rookie quarterback will throw a pass that you can get. If you're playing man, you may not see that pass. Mm -hmm. If you're playing zone, you're supposed to see it. Yeah, I think John hit the nail on the head. He obviously had been around it for a long time when he was working with the Colts, and he saw Tony Dungy and his crew win a Super Bowl with Tampa, too. It is a defense that really can confound quarterbacks, even though it's simplistic in design. It is one of those things where the defense is betting that the quarterback would not take the check down over and over and over again over a 60-minute game. And what they want to do is they want to make the quarterback pay the price for when he gets greedy and tries to force one down the field. He's going to throw it into the hands of awaiting defenders that have their eyes on the quarterback. Trevor gets it because Trevor talked about they play with zone eyes. One of the benefits of playing zone coverage is you have your eyes on the quarterback, and in theory, you should get your hands on more balls because you see it come out of his hands, and if this is baseball, you steal more bases on the pitcher, than the catcher. And so the early breaks that you're able to get by looking at the quarterback should lead to more interceptions. Trevor has to do a great job of being patient. He has to be he has to be disciplined when it comes to his reads and he has to be willing to take the three and four yard game and hope that his receivers can break a tackle and make that into a 10 yard game. Bucky the base stealer here. I, I didn't think we have any yes, baseball I mean, references yes. today. I wasn't ready for that. I got to admit, I was not ready. 
I was ready for the show. <laughs> I was not ready for that. Oh, you, you, you didn't know you were hosting with your own version of Ricky Anderson? Yeah, yes. I was going to say. Yes, uh, Buck, Bucky. Bucky knows baseball, too. Do you have his wheels, Buck? <laughs> <laughs> Could you run like No, Ricky? but I, got do- I have double batting gloves in my back pockets. In <laughs> Love that. Uh, the other big news today, of course, the Jaguars announced their captain. Seven players named captains for the Jaguars here in the 2021 season. Three on offense, Marvin Jones Jr., Trevor Lawrence, and Brandon Linder. And on defense, Josh Allen, Shaquille Griffin, Miles Jack, and Rayshon Jenkins. Lawrence, the lone rookie of the group. Brandon Linder has now the, um, the full gold patch on his uniform after now five straight years as a captain. And uh, there you go, Bucky. So uh, captains are named, and that's you know, important to Urban Meyer to have a lot of them. Why would that be, Bucky? Well, I think if you go all the way back to when Urban was at Ohio State, he always talked about, like, the strong nine. Like, nine squad leaders, he had people that were in charge of those groups, and they would do it. It was broken out by positions. But when you think about that, he believes that the team should be player-led. And so with seven captains, you have enough players that can be in charge of the performance of the team. You break the team down into small categories, and those guys can be in charge of each little unit. Uh, I think what's interesting is, having been around the team and watched them in the preseason, the guys that were uh, voted on as captains, it's not a surprise. When you're around the team, Marvin Jones had leadership ability. Brandon Linder obviously has a big, big-time big leader. Josh Allen and Miles Jack are established leaders. But Rayshon Jenkins and Shaq Griffin, we heard about them. And when you were there, you we heard them talk and all the leadership that they conveyed. Uh, I think it matches up with the way this team has evolved. The leaders are guys that you saw take on leadership responsibility throughout training camp in their uh, preseason. Well, it makes sense that he would want a lot of leaders because he's a player's coach. He believes it's a player's team. Uh, I kind of get the idea that he really didn't care about the number. If when it shook out in voting, if four guys had stood out from the pack as being clear and only a few other guys got votes, I think he'd been fine with four. I think he wanted to make sure the captains reflected the mood of the locker room. I think significant is a couple of things. Trevor being named captain, I think, is significant because, uh, you know, he's Trevor, he's quarterback. Three Outside of Trevor, three returning players, Linder, Allen, and Miles Jack. Mm-hmm. Three new players, Jones, Shaq. Jenkins, and Shaq Griffin. Significant that three players that you went out and got in free agency in a six, seven-month period, eight-month period have emerged as where they – it's a new team, so clearly the players in the locker room weren't thinking about last year. They looked at it and said, these six guys make the most sense. They targeted those guys. I, I would guess targeted Marvin Jones. I'm sure Bevel told Meyer, this guy's a leader. I'm sure the players who were signed as free agents, they had heard that these guys were about this. Good for Meyer to have it come to fruition in a six, seven-month period. So the captains have been named. We've got plenty ahead on Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, including a look at the Houston Texans. We'll answer your social media questions a little bit later as well. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks is brought to you by Fields Cadillac of Jacksonville and Fields Cadillac St. Augustine, members of the Fields Auto Group. We're off and running. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. 
Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. A lot has changed in 60 years, but there's one thing that remains the same. Our commitment to our customers and to our community. There's no place like Jacksonville, and there's no place like Gate. Thank you for allowing us to serve you past, present, and future. Now through August 31st, Jags fans can enjoy two of your favorite roller grill items for just $2 at participating Gate locations. Get them while they're hot. Gate, serving up more. This is Ice-T. Stone Cold Steve Austin. And Matty Ice. This is a cold call. I convinced NFL teams to turn to cold water washing with Tide. The NFL, your uniforms get dirty. Tide can handle it, even in cold. Plus, if fans join in, they can save up to $150 on their energy bill. Looks like you just made the team, rookie. Turn to cold with Tide. And that's the bottom line. It's got to be Tide. Energy savings based on average and switching from hot to cold and non-HE machines. I just feel like it's one of the highest honors, especially in the NFL. I mean, a lot of um, awards can kind of be skewed, but to be in your building and have people, you know what I mean, feel like you deserve to be a captain, I, I, I truly appreciate it. And especially with uh, the new faces and new, you know what I mean, there's so many new guys, it's a brand new team. So um, I guess to just kind of um, have that kind of respect and, you know, people think that high judge, it means a lot. So. There's Captain Jack, and welcome back. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. J.P. Shadrick, John Ozier along as well as we are every Wednesday afternoon, 4.30 on Jaguars.com and Jaguars social media. The uh, Jaguars face the Houston Texans this week. And David Culley announced that Deshaun Watson will not play this week, Bucky. Breaking huh. news, Deshaun is out. He's not going to play. <laughs> Rework hey, that man, tip sheet, Buck. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I guess I should uh, fake being shocked about it, but it is one of the more, more – it's a weird situation, uh, obviously, with all the things that are clouding the situation. Uh, the Houston Texans are going with Tyrod Taylor as their starter. Um, Tyrod Taylor has played a lot of games in the National Football League. He's played winning football when given the opportunity. And so this will be a different version of the Texans that we haven't necessarily seen um, in the AFC South. And so I'm just curious to see what this offense looks like, because when I look at them, they really don't have any notable names like star players. You have Brandon Cooks on the outside, who's been a very good player. Uh, you have Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay, who have been Pro Bowl caliber players. But you don't see a lot of what I call star power. And so if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, you think about matchups and who you need to be worried about. This is a game where you kind of just need to be solid in what you do because the players that they have, they don't necessarily have five star players on the outside that will require you to have a lot of added and extra attention to devote to those guys. JP, you and I have been doing this for a while, probably longer than you want to uh, with me. But <laughs> No comment. Um, can you remember a game where past history, even recent history, matters less than this matchup? Meaning, Jaguars are 0-6 against the Texans the last three years. Yep. But the Jaguars couldn't be a more different team 
on paper on field than they've been the last six years because they they look like they they don't have anything on film yet of this team right. especially on defense yet. same deal with the texans yeah you know this morning on jaguars drive time we showed a bunch of highlights of uh, deshaun watson running around and we talked about his ability well who cares yeah he's not, he's not i mean he's not there. you know so it, it couldn't be the last six games against these teams couldn't matter less and i don't know what to think of this matchup it it's truly one where both teams don't have any film. Week one's really weird. You have no idea what it's going to look like. I know the Jaguars are going to blitz. I know both teams want to run and stop the run. I think that will be a key. I think the Jaguars win, but I don't know how to, how to predict the matchups. Yeah. Um, I think ideally for the Jaguars, they will want James Robinson to run for about 120 yards, run a lot, dominate. I think they would love to have Trevor Lawrence thrown for about 230. With one of those, with fifty of those yards being a big play that comes off play action because you set up the run all day, uh, or you establish the run all day, that's the that's the Jaguars' ideal. Guess what? That's the Texans' ideal too. That's right. They both want to play the same game. I. Uh, <laughs> That's why they play the games, JP. That's, that's right. Let's take I don't a, know what's going to happen. Let's take a look at the Texans' running back experience in that room there. And uh, Bucky, you mentioned a couple of the names. Well, they got Rex Burkhead, too. He's in his ninth season. Mark Ingram in his 11th season in the NFL, 62 career touchdowns. David Johnson in his uh, career has been a threat in the passing game out of the backfield. Seventh year for him. Lindsey in his fourth, and Scotty Phillips doesn't uh, get a lot of playing time there. I think Arian Foster may be suiting up. One more veteran running back. I mean, this is a phenomenally, you know, exp I'll say experienced instead of old. <laughs> but this backfield is unbelievable in terms of experience. Uh, I mean, you never see, rarely see running backs going into their eighth, ninth season. There's 27 I mean, the, years the, worth of experience in the first three. I mean, the average time for running backs, what, three years, Bucky? Right. Yeah, I mean, three years. So, I mean, to have uh, multiple... Uh, players with that much experience tells you well tells you they might get the football a lot too. But, but it's an early season game. Mm -hmm. They're good players. They're experienced. I'm I'm not knocking their ability to produce. It's just unusual to have 27 years of experience in the running back core in your first three guys in the top three on the depth chart, Bucky. Yeah, I mean you just don't see an old backfield like this. It's one thing to have one old guy. It's another thing to have four or five guys that have played more than five years in the league. Like, you just don't see that. It's a position that typically skews young. Typically, you're trying to get guys out of the running back room after they played four or five years because of the wear and tear and mileage and all those things that come along with being a premier running back. But here are the Houston Texans maybe doing something that Nick Casario knows from his time in New England. They kind of bring in a ton of veteran backs, and they kind of use them on a week-to-week -week basis as needed. It will be interesting to see who is the bell cow, who is the lead back, who is the guy that runs onto the field when they announce the Houston Texans. I have no idea because each of these guys have started at times, but the overwhelming majority of these guys are a little past their prime when it comes to being bell cow runners. Let's move along to the Texans defense and, and wow, how this group has changed over the last few years. J.J. Watt's no longer wearing a, a bull head on the side of his helmet. He's got a cardinal head now over in Arizona. That's the, the big notable change, obviously. Whitney Merciless still around, of course, on the defensive line. They've moved officially to a 4-3 in the depth chart. So he is now listed as a defensive lineman, not an outside linebacker anymore now in his 10th year, a first-round pick back in 2012 and 
has had some success against this Jaguars team, as many Texans have over that time frame. 15 games of action against the Jags, and he has 12 sacks in 11 starts. Uh, and then you go to the linebacker room, and Zach Cunningham led the league in tackles a year ago. 163 tackles last season. Now in his fifth year. Uh, in the back end, they've got some, some guys who've been around for a minute, Bucky, but w what do you make overall of this Texans defense now with all the changes over the last few years? Uh, more of a workmanlike defense. This team and the way this roster is constructed is more of a workmanlike team. It's, it's one where you look. Oh, we lost we Bucky lost again. Well, first of all, Whitney Merlis in, in his 10th year, J.P. Amazing, right? I would have said he was in his fifth. That shows you how old I am. Right. That's what happens. As you get to my age, everybody's young, JP. So I, that shocked me. Um, look, this is a team that is at the start of a rebuild. They are doing it in a way sort of similar to how the Jaguars tried to do it. I'm going to say 13, David Caldwell's first year. They brought in a lot of veterans. They believe that they can establish a core with that, have some guys to maintain them, and then start drafting young guys when they've got a lot of draft picks coming up in 2022. Um, it's an approach that didn't work here very well. Uh, so, but it, it, it's an approach that they want to try. The good thing for the Texans is, although they don't have name players, they have experienced players. They have guys who have proven they can play in the league if they are healthy. They signed a lot of guys who are coming off injuries. Um, they're not a front-line defense. They're not a defense that's going to wow you with their name power. Merciless can rush the passer. Zach Cunningham is a reliable player who can make a lot of plays. But at the same time, they are also still trying to get rid of guys. They traded Bradley Roby. Uh, it's a team in transition. It's a team, by all accounts, the Jaguars should beat, except for the fact that it's week one, and week one is weird, and they have guys – Fifth-year guy in week one against rookie in, in week one, even if the rookie is supposed to be more talented, veteran guy matters early in the season. So that's what makes this a scary matchup for the Jaguars. What do you think, Bucky? You back with us? Yeah, I'm back. Uh, look, I, I think this is a situation where they're banking on experience and expertise, being able to play the defense where everyone understands exactly where they fit. They plug and play. They understand the strengths and weaknesses as players, and they play to those strengths. Uh, when you think about Lovey Smith, who has been around the league a long time, when you have those veterans, there's a comfort level that you have in being around guys who can play. That said, typically, when you have an old defense, you have a slow defense. And so you, you, you would like to think that given some of the speed on the Jaguars offense that maybe you can pop a big play, maybe you can get a catch and run and some of those things. This cat and mouse game between the Jaguars offense and the Texans defense should be a good one because you're talking about youth and inexperience against experience and expertise uh, on the other side. It's an interesting approach to me, JP, because the 4-3 Tampa 2, as I covered it and as it was when I was a young man in the 2010s, it was a defense that you could play young kids in because it was very simple. It was not a 3-4 zone blitz where you were changing a lot of the line of scrimmage. It's you line up, you do this, you do it all the time. Uh, the Texans are doing it with older players. Usually that's a 3-4 type thing. So as Bucky said, older players mean slower players. Uh, that's usually geared more toward the 3-4. 
it'll be interesting to see how they play this. Again, to me, this is a game that on paper the Jaguars should do well in. If it was week four, I'd be more comfortable with it. I guess I'm the old man. <laughs> week one scares me because you don't know what's going to happen, and this is a toss-up game because of that. I have no idea how to predict it. Yeah, strange things can happen, and uh, we'll come back in a moment with social media questions. You had some submissions earlier today. We'll get to those off Twitter coming up. Daily's play schedule starting to heat up late September into October. Rod Wave, September 9th. Sam Hunt, September 10th. Trippy Red, September 18th. Santana, the 21st. 311, the 22nd of September. Tickets at dailiesplace.com. Back with more in a moment. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. So, it's happy hour. Let's talk whiskey options. Have you tried Citrus Distillers? Have you tried Citrus Distillers Limited Edition 2021 Barrel-Aged Jaguar Whiskey? Did you know it's only available for a limited time and manufactured in Jacksonville? Yes, Jacksonville. I said local whiskey. Try it on the rocks or in a Jack's Whiskey Sour. Citrus Distillers Jaguar's Whiskey is available at local liquor stores, restaurants, and the Jaguar Stadium. Drink local, Jacksonville. Find recipes and events at jaguarswhiskey.com. A lot has changed in 60 years, but there's one thing that remains the same. Our commitment to our customers and to our community. There's no place like Jacksonville, and there's no place like Gate. Thank you for allowing us to serve you past, present, and future. Now through August 31st, Jags fans can enjoy two of your favorite roller grill items for just $2 at participating Gate locations. Get them while they're hot. Gate, serving up more. Welcome back. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, John Osier. On this Wednesday, it's week one. The Jaguars and the Houston Texans coming up at NRG Stadium in Houston this Sunday, a 1 o'clock kickoff time. The Packers and the Saints will be here at TIAA Bank Field that afternoon later at 425. Um, Bucky, as you and I answer phone calls after the game, um, <laughs> Jameis Winston and uh, Aaron Rodgers will be tossing the pigskin around about 100 feet behind me here. I, that'll be an interesting scene here on Sunday. And tickets are available, by the way, Ticketmaster.com or call 904-633-2000 for tickets to the Packers-Saints game on Sunday here at the bank. Let's get to social media questions, guys. I know uh, it's um, Bucky's favorite part of the program. It, it uh, barely uh, tops uh, dealing back and forth with John Osher and, you know, but we're gonna get we're gonna get to social media questions here. Let's go. Number one, at Evanoff Joel, do you feel confident that Josh Allen can take a big step this year, even though he hasn't stood out in camp or practice as much as you'd like? Oh yeah, I'm really confident because I think they're gonna create opportunities for him to get one-on-one matchups, and so Josh Allen has proven that he certainly can get to the quarterback when healthy and able. And so he's healthy, he's able, he looks good. We've had the opportunity to see him. Now it's about finding a way to create those one-on-ones. 
one of the things that Joe Cullen does is he wants to bring pressure to dictate the matchups at the point of attack. We'll see if he gets some one-on-ones, then it's on Josh Allen to win those battles. Yeah, I'm not picking on Evan off Joel or or whoever the ad okay. question is. <laughs> All right. But um, I watch practice. Josh Allen's fine in practice. I don't know how an edge rusher stands out in, in NFL practice and training camp these days unless you win every pass rushing drill because they're not really rushing the passer in team. That's yeah. not really, you know, yeah. he, he, he was fine in practice. Um, maybe he didn't stand out in preseason. He didn't play the last game, right? That's right. So, uh, he was on okay. the COVID list. Yeah. I, I think Josh Allen's going to be fine. I didn't think he had, you know, and again, Evan off Joel, this is not a knock on I you. I don't know. You're, you're, yeah. Okay, it, it is be. a knock oh, on Evan Ochoa. Here it comes. Here it comes. Okay, it is. Don't hold back, though. But I've gotten many questions about Josh Allen in that same vein in the Ozone, and I frankly don't get it. He had a tough year last year because of the injury. Everybody had a tough year in the Jaguars last year. I think Josh Allen will be fine. Maybe by week three he'll be proven wrong, and Evan Joel can rewrite me. <laughs> okay, oh. wow. Wow. Salty. Uh, Let's see. That is uh, indeed. Uh, it's been that kind of day for. Oh, let's uh, move to the next social media question. At the underscore Jags fan six one five. Will we see anyone in the role that was going to be ETNs? My prediction is more of a three wide with one back and one tight end look. Um, Lavisca Chenault, using his Twitter handle at Visca Two Live, will be the ultimate weapon. Hashtag Duval. Uh, man, this is a tough one. I think when uh, you, you kind of ex- look at the roster and you're trying to figure out like which guy can do Etienne's role, I think it has to be Chenault. I think when you look at Chenault and his history, uh, first in college, and then when you've seen him, particularly in the uh, preseason finale, you see him touch the ball. You see the physicality and toughness. You see him take the screens and make people miss. There appears to be in developing chemistry between Trevor Lawrence and him, particularly on those quick rhythm throws, I believe Chenault is going to be the guy. You may give opportunities to others, but I think Chenault is going to have first bite of the apple. Yeah, I don't know that we will ever, until maybe next training camp, know exactly what ETN's role was going to be. Yeah, they because didn't show we a lot saw of it. it yeah. What maybe a few plays in the preseason. Mm-hmm. That said, I, I mean, nice for the questioner. I was going to say, I, <laughs> I do understand the question though, because we talk so much about this role. I don't think that Visca's, the way he plays it, will look like how it would have looked with ETM. Uh, because it was all based on quickness and speed and, and breakaway. That's not what LaVisca is. I do think, as you know, JP, we've talked about this a lot, I think he'll be very good in it, in the role they ask him to play. I think he will have some elements of it. I think there will be times where he runs it out of the backfield as sort of a, as a... I don't say gadget, but as a wrinkle, mm-hmm. um, and I think he's, he's destined for a big year. But I don't think it will be that hybrid, uh, slashy thing that Urban Meyer so yeah. wants. Yeah. I don't think LaVisca is going to be that, but I think he's going to be good in this offense. So I think we'll find out next offseason or next training camp and next preseason, next season, what ETN's role actually would have been. And uh, Bucky, you know, just to keep this running back conversation going, the Jaguars did sign Duke Johnson to the practice squad this week, and uh, they were. Uh, you know, feels like he could be a an out of the backfield threat in the passing game, maybe to help out in some of those roles that Etienne was going to do. Yeah, I think he's a pass catching back, so I would expect him in some time to be the third down back. He comes onto the field, is screen draw. 
something to him out the backfield on the option route, and that's where he does his work. Having known Duke Johnson uh, since he was in high school, at one point, man, he was a remarkable pass catcher and playmaker. If you want to do some some fun, pull up Duke Johnson's high school highlights from Northern High School. He can get it done. And so for the Jaguars, he is a guy who is a very natural playmaker and pass catcher out the backfield. I would think in three to four weeks, we'll have an opportunity to see Duke Johnson elevated to the four roster, and he'll get a chance to get in there on third down and make some things happen. All right, let's come back in a moment. We'll get our final thoughts ahead of this week one matchup for the Jaguars and the Houston Texans down at NRG Stadium in Houston. We'll hear from Urban Meyer on the Texans quarterback when we return as well. And remember to subscribe to the official Jaguars podcast network on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your pods. Where do you download your pods, John? Wherever you tell me to, JP. Well, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you want to get yours. iTunes. Okay. Give us five stars and a comment. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Everyone's so busy keeping up. Forget about the Joneses. We all on our telephones with the texts and the tweets and the beats. What he said, she said, can't even follow the three. Down the hole, we all go. Me, I like keeping up, too, with my corona and my attitude. That's La Vida Masfina. Relax responsibly. Corona Extra Beer. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. This is Ice T, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Matty Ice. This is a cold call. I convinced NFL teams to turn to cold water washing with Tide. The NFL, your uniforms get dirty. Tide can handle it, even in cold. Plus, if fans join in, they can save up to $150 on their energy bill. Looks like you just made the team, rookie. Turn to cold with Tide. And that's the bottom line. It's got to be Tide. Energy savings based on average when switching from hot to cold and non-HE machines. Welcome back. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. Final few moments. J.P. Shadrick, John Osher, and NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks. Every Wednesday, 4.30, as we get ready for the Jaguars and the Texans. The injury report has come out for week one, the first day. Two players listed for the Jaguars. Trey Herndon did not practice with his knee issue. Tyson Campbell, rookie corner, is on there with a calf injury limited today. Five Texans on the list. One of those, Deshaun Watson, not injury-related, of course, did not practice. Lonnie Johnson Jr., the defensive back, thigh injury, did not practice. And then three players limited today. Malik Collins, defensive lineman. Whitney Merciless with a thigh issue, limited. And uh, Kevin Pierre-Lewis, limited linebacker with a thigh issue. There you have it. I have a question for the road, I mean, for the scout before we head out. Okay, John, go for it. I know it's his show, so I'm going to ask him a question. Um... Week one, Bucky. I've been talking all, all show all week about how weird it is. Give me a, a case when you were playing, if you can remember that far back, that 
um, <laughs> wow. somebody take off the leather helmet that, and think better. Yeah, th- that you just got fooled, or that wow, we weren't expecting that. Is that real? Do you see stuff week one that you've just never seen, or is that a wise tale? No, 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 that's real. And I think it's, it's even more apparent now because you only have three preseason games. You've had, what, 10, 12 days from the last time we saw the Jaguars play to the time that they'll kick it off. And so it gives you an opportunity to really do a lot of different stuff. Um, I think if you're the Jaguars, what you would like to do is continue to build upon the things that you showed in the preseason finale. To me, in my eyes, it looked like they were, there was a mix of what Trevor Lawrence did at Clemson and some of the stuff that Bevel has done for a long time. So how much more can they put in and dress it up to make the quarterback comfortable? Uh, I think the thing that's scary about dealing with the Texans, new staff, different players, you don't really have archive footage that you can go to to look at to really prepare for them. So you just have the preseason games, and it's very static. I think what you do is the first quarter and a half, you're just trying to fill them out, trying to figure out what they do, what they do based on what they've done in the past on film, and then you try and narrow it in. But based on what we know about Joe Cullen, I think he's going to throw caution to the wind and come after him, and then he'll kind of figure it out on the way. <laughs> I think so. Just blitz, baby. Uh, yeah, right? Uh, all right. Uh, what's the first offensive play in an ideal first and 10 from the 25? What do you think, John? You know, that's always so tough. I, I know. Hail Mary. Um, but it, uh, <laughs> I think they will run – uh, because they've talked about it so much. And that, you know, but that's obviously a guess, but uh, I think it'll be run heavy early. And so because I think that I'll go run first play, and a lot of Jaguars fans are like, hey, you throw Trevor Lawrence, you know, but I'll go with run James Robinson over uh, Norwell and, and uh, Cam Robinson. Yeah, run to the left. Those With man hurts are, on the oh, on that side. They're highly oh, wow. paid over there on the super left side, Buck. Super, super conservative play call over there, John Osher. Let's go dive right. Like, I mean, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's do that. I'm thinking right now because of the emphasis, the easiest way to get a quarterback going, I think you're going to see a movement pass. Bootleg, naked, uh, a lot of the same things that we saw the finale and even in New Orleans. Trevor Lawrence going one way, coming out the back door trying to find somebody in the flat or across at about 10 to 12 yards so he can dial up his first completion. I like Bucky's answer better. Okay, I do, and we'll see what happens on Sunday, and uh, we're looking forward to it. Bucky, what do you have the rest of the week? Hey, man, just gearing up, man, getting ready. to Make sure I'm all Duval ready for uh, Sunday. I look at, Hopefully, um, I'm 1-0 in season openers with the Jaguars, so I'm hoping that we can come back and do it again and so we can be 2-0, but we don't have the 15 losses or 16 losses can't take place after that. So let's see if we can have a better start. Let's go ahead and end that uh, losing skid week one. That'd be nice. Uh, John, uh, we'll look forward to your writing the rest of the week. Fantastic. And I'll be watching this again because I want to hear what Bucky has to say again. Okay. So, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll Rewind. Uh, we'll rewind it. You can check it out on the uh, Jaguars official podcast <laughs> network coming up in just a little bit as well. For Bucky Brooks, John Osier, Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber, our entire crew, I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next time. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks.